It's time for Push to Play, your weekly trophy podcast with Mindy and CJ. Hello, listeners. Welcome to episode 43, the final episode for 2019. Mindy, the decade is almost at a close. How are you in the last few days of 2019? Finally done with shopping. Um, I really <laughs> dropped the ball this year with uh, with shopping. I'm usually done by Thanksgiving because I don't want to deal with shopping you know, during the peak season, I really dropped the ball mm. this year. <laughs> <laughs> but have you got everything you need now? Are you set? Are you ready for Christmas? I sure hope so. I, I you know, I have to do my final check uh, tomorrow when I wrap everything, but I'm fingers, fingers and toes crossed. I think I've, I've, I've done it. Well, we're at the stage now, if you don't have it, it's too bad. I feel it's too it's too much because i imagine it is crazy it's just unbelievable here like i don't know where all these people come from in their cars they're just and buying mindy i don't know now this is a funny thing to ask an american because i know the american way with food but now the the shops here the shopping center with the food it only closes like one day like christmas day it's opened all the other days right you go in there at the moment and you just see the fear on people's eyes like they're worried the food is going to run out and they're just buying so much, so much Mindy. And I don't know, does that happen over there? Is there just this, this paranoia fear of it running out or does it just open the whole time so it doesn't matter? I, I think, you know, that's a good question. Most of the places where I live close, there may be some like national 24-hour chains, places that are open that in most states uh like chinese restaurants will be open that's kind of a, a a stereotype like if you're alone on christmas you go to the movie theater and you get some chinese food oh i didn't i didn't know that yeah and not not all of them but a lot of them a lot of movie theaters will be well cuz you know not everyone celebrates christmas you know there's no, still a good course. chunk of the population that's like this is just a day for us I, I understand that, but see, I draw the line. Like, we're, we're going to partake in this this afternoon, listeners, so I'm already bracing myself. But you'll look around, and there'll be people there, like, buying eight boxes of cereal. Like, you're not going to need eight boxes of cereal in the next four days or five days. It's just – it must just be the Australian way, I suppose. I don't know, but it's I – don't, I don't know, man. At least here in the Midwest, if, if there's a weather report that says that snow – that it's going to snow – Anywhere you go, they will suddenly be out of milk, eggs, and uh, bread <laughs> yes. because everyone apparently wants to make French toast uh, when they're snowed in. Yeah. Um, that's a, I honestly, if I go food shopping, I notice they're low on bread and, and milk and eggs. I'm like, oh God, it must be snowing. I should probably buy more food <laughs> and, just, and just hunker down. That, but that's a proper reason. I can understand that. I mean, like the only thing I can think here, listeners, is the Australian will just be too pissed to drive. That's probably what's going to happen. And so therefore you're stocking up because you, you know, you're, you're going to be incapacitated. 
self-inflicted perhaps are you saying you somehow drink more because it's well look Christmas? i think i think that is on the cards i think there's no bar opening time i think it's just 24 hours you know because it's so it gets quite hot you know here we're on the you know the opposite side of the world so it's, it's quite warm you know you're you're you need to keep hydrated i keep hearing this keep hydrated so you know perhaps that perhaps that's what is going on look i i don't, I don't know but now why don't we we've got a big episode today you know listeners everybody's talking about their favorite games and all this yada yada so we'll get into that but mindy i believe you have a a question to start us off i do i do i want to know since you know it's christmas if there are you know some people have their kind of holiday traditions i want to know specifically if you have like a movie that you watch every year around this time of year (sighs) look now this is (laughs) This is the second time I've been asked this, and I I really don't like. I mean, I watch movies, but you're talking about like one you watch every year type thing, aren't you? Yeah, or most years. Yeah, like you know, you're like, oh, it's Christmas. I I have to watch this. You know, like some people, they're like, it's Halloween. I gotta watch, you know, Carrie, or I gotta, you know, just that kind of seasonal. Like you don't really watch it any other time of year, but you suddenly get the the desire to watch, whether you do or not, you get the desire to watch it at that time of year. Yeah. So uh, look, I don't have a movie, but I do have a TV series that I like to watch. And so I suppose that it extends through January because we're, we're off here, you know, through through the good portion of January as well. So, you know, more than more than more time than just one day to watch the movie or whatever. So I sort of alternate. I it, So I hope this is allowed, Mindy, that I'm going to, you know, change the course here to a tv series but i watch frasier yeah i mean there's there's a ton of that 11 seasons i like to embark on it i don't always get to the end of the 11th season but i really like that so i alternate between frasier and will and grace and of course there's been in the last two years there's been two new seasons of will and grace that Mm. have come on so which is you know it's great because i actually i'm behind i have not watched the second season yet so i think that will be the one that i watch i don't know i feel i feel a lot of comfort in both of those shows they're both fantastic so that would be would be my answer, but how about you? It sounds like you do have a movie. I do. And one of them is one that I obviously would only watch around this time of year. And the other one is one that I could watch anytime because it's not strictly a Christmas movie, but there is mm-hmm. a debate as to whether or not it, it should count as a Christmas movie. So that first one is uh, Die Hard. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> yep. Yep. And you could see why some people would say it's a Christmas. And I kind of, you know, I think it's a Christmas movie you can watch whenever, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. This is the original one you're talking about here. The original Die Hard. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other one is you would only really watch around Christmas. And it's uh, Muppet Christmas Carol. <laughs> wow. I, I love the Muppets. And I love Muppet Christmas Carol. My favorite Muppet movie is Muppet Treasure Island. You know the 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 classics, the one that Jim Henson's, the ones that Jim Henson were actually in, of course, are great. But like, I I loves me some Muppet Treasure Island, man. I really do. <laughs> it's, it's interesting because I love the Muppets too, but I have not seen the Christmas one. So you would recommend it? <gasps> yes. Oh, you should watch it. Interesting. See, at this point, the listeners are not surprised that we're talking about Muppets. I mean, Muppets. <laughs> uh, I love the Muppets. Okay, I'm going to do that then. Yeah, it's got Kermit, obviously, and Miss Piggy. Yeah, Kermit is uh, is Bob Cratchit. Yes, 
and uh, Michael Caine is uh, Scrooge. Okay, now hang on a sec. Just a sidebar here, and this is a sidebar within the first eight minutes, so it's allowed, listeners. <laughs> what was because I can't remember what was the adult Muppet movie that came out this year, or maybe last year? Well, there. Do you remember? I, there hasn't been a Muppet movie in a couple of years. It was just like the Muppets and the Muppets Most Wanted, right? That's the last two I remember. And then they had that that TV show that didn't didn't do very well. Yeah, it, it wasn't a Muppet movie. It was like an adult's Muppet. Oh, oh, the one with um the oh, lady who's really name? funny. Yeah, yeah, Melissa McCarthy. Uh, yeah. and it's like a it's like a murder mystery. Yes, with Muppets. Right. Yeah, it's great. It's hang on, I'm I'm gonna Google it really quick. Happy Time Murders. That was uh yeah. that was last year. Yeah, have you seen that? I have not. And it looks like these these are actual Muppets because the Henson, Brian Henson, who is Jim Henson's son, directed it. And and the, the actual like Muppet lab built the pups. So these are actual Muppets. Oh, definitely Muppets. Yes. Yeah. And not just like, you know, puppets that, that look like Muppets. No. No. It's like Muppets After Dark. You have to see it. It's fantastic. <laughs> there's, there's a scene at the beginning where they go into this porno shop and it has, you know, back rooms for, you know, having, having you know, lap dances or whatever else, ple- pleasant time. And just some of the stuff that's going on in that room with the Muppets, it's just fantastic. <laughs> Have you ever seen Avenue Q? I, look, I've seen some of their work on uh, YouTube, yes. Yeah, it's even more extreme. Yeah, that's, that's Muppets After Dark. Yeah, well, this is more extreme than that. So some of the stuff you see is, is fantastic. But look, yeah. yeah. Okay, look, I think we've both got homework then. You've got the, the Muppets After Dark or whatever that thing was called. Uh, Happy Time Murders, I should say. And I'll watch the more PGG-friendly Muppets Christmas Christmas Adventures. I, I, I like that. that. That sounds good. Muppet Christmas Carol. Mm, 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 mm. Something, something. Muppets Christmas Carol, sorry. Perfect. Why don't we, why don't we just jump straight into, Mindy, what we've been playing? I know you've been under the pump. You, you're, you're under the pressure. You're doing tournaments everywhere, competitions, letters, Z. So it's all happening. It's all happening. But how are you going? It's all done. I, you know, I did the, I did all 10 decade games on PlayStation trophies. And I did the all 12 challenges on true trophies because I am an efficient trophy hunter. <laughs> mm. when Just i need showing to be. off i see mm. yeah a little bit <laughs> so this week i played gosh i finished lego hobbit uh megamind i played so let's start there back on ps3 <laughs> what do you think i, I it was <laughs> fine it was it, i i thought it was actually an easier platinum than puss in boots because you didn't have to get like a high score on anything um, whereas Puss in Boots, you had to do, there were specific things like you had to get gold medal in all the levels, um, which surprisingly is not as easy to do as you, I mean, it's still, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's still fairly easy, but there were a couple stages I had to play twice to get the gold medal, uh, score. Mega Man, Mega Man doesn't do that. It's, it's all story-based. Uh, there as a trophy for defeating each boss without dying which is not difficult i think i there was only one i had to try twice and then the rest of them are just uh unlock not even playing the mini games just unlocking the mini games which you just do by playing through the game so really easy platinum that's the game that has a disco boss isn't it and you're on the dance mm-hmm. floor mm, i remember that's now. the one i had to try twice and then because the aiming is not the best the auto aim is not the best so the disco boss doesn't actually fire anything at you. Mm-hmm. 
you just have to hit buttons for the steam vent that he's standing in front of. What you have to worry about are the enemies on the floor shooting at you and the floor has steam that pops up and can hit you. And so the first trial is like, oh no, this is going to be a thing. And then I realized that the all of the buttons you have to press are off of the dance floor. So mm-hmm. I was like, there's no reason I can't just walk around the perimeter of this dance floor. And then all I have to mm. worry about are the enemies. And surprisingly, no one has mentioned this on... Like, I, I looked at two trophy guides to this game. No one mentioned that. That you could you could avoid the floor entirely. Which was astonishing to me. What's interesting about this game is that people are still playing it. Like, there's still people in the last month. Quite a few people. It's fantastic. It's not bad. Like I said, and the same with Puss in Boots. These DreamWorks games, it feels like they try on these games. You know, to various levels of success, but it does seem like they've tried. And this one was THQ Australia, it looks like. The development studio. That didn't last long. (laughs) It's it's interesting here. I wonder how many people have 558 Platinums, but, well, I suppose you would have had 556 at the time, but didn't have Mega Man and Puss in Boots on the list. It's good you finally joined the club. Mega Mind. Sorry, Mega Mind. Yes, sorry. But you're stuck in Mega Man. Yes. <laughs> that, uh, that's uh, that's it. That's it for the the episode, Mega Man. Um, no, but I think I think you're. Yeah, that's good. I don't think there'd be too many people with more than five hundred plats that don't. So well done. You know Welcome what else I don't club. have is uh, I don't have Terminator and I don't have Hannah Montana. Like a whole bunch of those PS3 easy peasy ones. Um, I don't actually have. Well, uh, you could take or leave the Terminator, but you should do Hannah Montana. That is, a, it's a great game. It's a great game. No. <laughs> no, you're going to, oh, I don't believe you. Get up and sing. It, it's one of those games you can use the move controllers for, I think. In fact, I'm pretty sure there's one bit in there that's a little tricky. You have to use the move controller. I don't know. Puss in Boots, you could use the move controller, but I didn't. I just used my, my PS3 controller and it worked out well. Excuse me, listeners, we're just here for a quick break. PS3. Push to plat the PS3 show. <laughs> <laughs> now, look, I'm glad, Mindy, you got some PS3 backlog in there. We won't see that again for months now. That's fantastic. Well, what else? never what say else never, because I also did some Goat Simulator on PS3 for these events. Ugh. So I'm going to have to go back and clean that flappy goat. I'm going to have to clean that up. At least it didn't have all the, all the DLC that the PS4 one had. That trophy's 44.94% on the PS3 version. That's pretty high. How are all these people managing to do it? It is high. It's, I don't know, because I, I think, my dirty shame, I think someone share played it for me on the PS4. Because I definitely have this trophy in the PS4, and I, I feel like someone hopped on SharePlay and did it for me. And I don't remember who it is. <laughs> it's probably someone in the world sitting in their mansion now just counting their goat simulator money from flappy goat they're like the flappy goat dude and you just contact them you know when you need it and they've just made their their entire wealth off that i mean i'm not against i'm not against doing congratulations (laughs) no no look you know i respect everybody's hustle that's fantastic yeah that's great that's great what else have we got here what else? Um, I played a little bit of the King's Quest revival for side for the uh, True Trophies event, mm-hmm. and I'm sad because I played the last episode, so I know how that goes. And it really is. It really was made with a lot of love for the series. The Odd Gentleman did a really good job with it. The developers, 
they really knew the games that came before. So this really isn't a reboot of the series. It there are a lot of references to all eight kings. Well, seven. There's eight, but we're not going to count Mask of Eternity. Uh, <laughs> there really are references to all the old games. It's very accessible if you've never played a King's Quest game, but if you've if you've played any or all of the old ones, uh, there's a lot of smiles that you'll have in here, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I almost think it's a must-play game if you've played some of the older ones. It's just, it's beautiful. It's very reminiscent. I think, I, yeah, if you've played the old ones, I think you must play yeah. this. And it's, it's a really good story, this game, too, because I know they had Sierra's Blessing when they started, but financially they were very rocky and they sold... They sold the the whole thing up front, even though they, they were up front about the fact that the episodes were going to come out. And I think it was around episode two or three, they almost stopped. It almost went under, I think. And um, it was good that they managed to write the ship and continue. So that that's fantastic. Right. Mm-hmm. That would have been a shame. All right, right. Because the ending, the, the final episode is, makes you sad. <laughs> but it's a good ending. But it's, you know, the whole the whole game is Graham talking about his life to his his uh granddaughter and so you're watching graham grow up from prior to being sir graham to being sir graham to being the king and then he's with his kids so that's post king's quest uh four and five let's say and then graham getting a bit older and then present day graham doing like the final adventure now, I never pegged you for a mysticist, Mindy, but I see here astrology and horoscope, and I see you've, <laughs> you've, you've, ironically, in this, it took you two hours, so obviously you're a little rusty at seeing what's coming, but, but uh, how did you find that? I, you know, I used it for the True Trophies spelling event, and then I cleaned it up. <laughs> These games are great. Have you played a few of them? There was there's a there's a palm reader as well. I think there's a couple of different ones. I, don't I know think if you've I've done played. I think I played all. They're just stupid fun. Like I don't I don't buy yeah. into. I, I think it's just fun. You know, if yeah. uh, when my parent, when I was younger, we would go on vacation up north, and there was this little like mystic shop, and they had like a resonant tarot reader. And every summer, I get my tarot cards. I don't I don't really. I just think it's fun. I don't live my life by it. I know some people do. Um, I don't. I just, you know, it's just a fun thing to read. I, I think, you know, a lot of it is generalized that, like, I'm a Taurus, right? And so I look at what this game says about Tauruses, and I'm like, yeah, that does apply to me. But then some of it, I'm like, no, that really doesn't apply to me. Yeah. You know? I, th- I think you sort of, you, you read into it what you want, don't you, at different times in your life, perhaps? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Having said that, I'm a Scorpio and there could not be anything anything more accurate than that. A vicious, nasty bite with a tail. I think that's 100% true. <laughs> so I think sometimes they're, they're more correct than we think. So now this next one interests me, Shalnor Legends, Sacred Lands. You, you briefly mentioned you were going to play this, I think, last time or, or we were talking about it, but I'm interested to hear now you've you've basically finished. I did I want to I want to give before we get to that because that's the last thing I played I want to give a quick quick shout out to Cat Quest. I said I was gonna play it. I played it. It's really cute. I think maybe I talked about that more on the last podcast. Now that I think about it, but I have finished it, and it's cute. And I'm looking forward to playing the sequel. 
Yeah. Why, why don't we just talk about that briefly? Because I've played that as well in the last last couple of days. And I wanted to ask you about this because I, like, there's a lot going on here at the moment. Our listeners, we're recording just before Christmas. I'm sure there's a lot going on for you as well. I really like this game for the game loop. I must admit, I sort of skim read most of the text, but I found that I was just enjoying the loop, you know, of doing the dungeons and the side quests and all this. They're all very short and stuff. So did you, like, did you read most of the story or did you play it similar similarly? Um, the main quest I did, I, I, you know, the side quest stuff, not so much. Hmm. It is worth mentioning that they patched in some, some extra quests for DLC. These quests do count towards, uh, trophies. I don't think it counts for the side, do all the side quest trophies. It might, I don't know. But what it does count towards is the obtained 66 armor or weapons trophy. And that's good. Because the weapons are on like an RNG base. And so you don't know, you know, it's not like you go to a specific dungeon and say, okay, this specific piece of equipment is in this chest. So once you get up to, you know, needing the last 10 or so, you're going to start getting a lot of duplicates in the, um, at the armor shop. So I bring this up because the, the Christmas quests bring, give you five or six new pieces of armor or weapons. So it's really helpful to do that because they're all unique and count towards the 66 uh, that you need for that trophy. Cause I think that was the last trophy I got before the, the platinum. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure the side quest ones will count because I was just doing them all over the map. I wasn't, you know, just wherever. And I got, Oh, the side quest ones de- definitely count. I'm yes. talking specifically about they patched in uh, like Christmas themed side quests yeah well they're some of the ones that i did uh before because i actually realized that later on that i had a lot of low level quests i'd never done uh so i'm pretty sure the ones they patched in do count in the overall total as well for the trophy so which is is great that makes it even easier well one thing i was going to ask you with this game was that uh, you know and again it wasn't it's definitely not a deterrent but i finished everything i was about level 88 or so and and you need to get to level 99 did that happen to you as well you finished a bit under leveled and so you just had to to grind or did you naturally get that I I don't remember actually. I could have finished underleveled. I think I just did the level grind because I wanted to do every Oh, cuz I I saved the level and the side quest trophies for true trophies cuz at that point I didn't know what the last couple of challenges would be and I thought these are going to be really easy like specific kind of collectible type trophies to do for the challenges. And I think at that point, oh, no, it's because I didn't clear the, um, there's that, I can't remember what they call it, like the killing field or something. It's like this area with those really tall enemies that do the spike traps that are really annoying to kill. But if you kill them in that area, they give a ton of XP, just a ton of XP. Yes. Um, <laughs> so that's a really easy way to level up. And then there's uh, some dungeon Mm. that it it takes a little while to kill the enemies but um it all you have to do is just whack it and then roll away and that levels you up really 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 quickly um so i think i actually got the level 99 before i finished the game just because i decided to clear all the dungeons first yeah and i think in the in the process of that i think i got level 99 and then beat the game 
If, if listeners, if you are thinking of starting, one of the great things about this game is you don't really need a guide because everything's available the whole way, whole way through. You don't lock yourself out of anything, which is great. And Mindy, those those ways sound fantastic. I actually just looked up a video and some guy had found uh, it was the hidden cave on the the far left side of the map in the ice area, and he literally just ran in, killed. There's an ice dragon at the start, killed the ice dragon, ran out, and just kept running in and out um, and doing that. And it takes about thirty seconds to a minute for a level which was, is, is also a great way if, if you're stuck. Um, so there's, you know, at the end. So I think that's, that's the cave that I was talking about where I just, you know, you run and you whack it and you, you know, you gain one or two levels per, per round if you kill everything in it. Yeah, yeah. But look, no, not, not a long game, but no, it, it's fantastic. I agree with you. Yeah, perfect. And then uh, Shalnor Legends. This is a, and I, this is going to be a milestone. This is going to be Platinum 600 for me. Mm. Uh, because the platinum title is the completionist. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic! <laughs> In capital. Um, so this one I started early because I did use it for true trophies mm-hmm. for day eleven, which was difficulty specific trophies, and it has precisely eleven uh, difficulty specific trophies. This is a link to the past game. So if you like Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past, give this one a shot. It is a smaller world. There's not as much to it. But this was all done by one guy. And it's it's quite impressive. It's a lot more impressive than a lot. You know, I tend to give a little leeway to games with smaller teams or even one person. But like you think about, you know, Bees Make Honey was one guy, but so was this game. And this game is a lot better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that having been said... It is a two playthrough platinum and it really does not need to be because you have to do some stuff on heroic mode and you can't access heroic mode until you beat the game once, which is ridiculous. I don't know if I have any huge tips to to do this. I mean, don't don't max out everything on your normal mode playthrough because you're going to have to do it on heroic mode anyway. The two playthroughs are definitely, definitely necessary. Oh, my! Actually, my, I lied. My biggest tip of this game is your sword is next to useless. Uh, this game is built for your bow and arrow that you get. So when you do upgrade stuff, upgrade the bow and arrow and the armor in that order. Actually, honestly, on your normal playthrough, I wouldn't even upgrade the sword at all. I would upgrade just the bow and arrow and the the armor. In the heroic mode, you have to upgrade the sword because you have to upgrade everything. Perfect. And that, that's quite a reasonable price, that game too, isn't it? I think. It's like 15, it's like 15 bucks. Yeah. It's not bad at all. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Um, been... I wish, I wish this was on Vita. Um, oh, this is PS4. But that's just me. Yeah. It's PS4. Yeah. yeah. It sounds, from everything um, I've seen, it sounds like a Vita game, but yeah, no, PS4. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's it. That is there is some, there is some, some resource and money grind because you have to upgrade everything in heroic mode. Don't freak out because when you start heroic mode, it says that gold drops and material drops are rare. Mm-hmm. They're not. I mean, it's not as often as in normal mode, but it's not It's not like you'll go 20 minutes and not get a single thing. Whereas in normal mode, just about everything will drop something. In heroic mode, I'd say mm, 70% of things, you know, 70% of the time, the one bush that you've hit or the one barrel that you've broken will drop something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, you've been busy. That's wonderful. 
Yeah. That's good. the season. It is. It, well, you know, it's funny you say that because that's what I thought, but I'm still waiting for things to slow down. I think, I don't know. I think, I think in a few more days, but it's just, I don't know. It's crazy. It's crazy. Oh, and nothing, I will say nothing is missable because once you beat the final boss, it kicks you back into the game world prior to beating the final boss. So you can just play it as you like. Yeah, perfect, perfect. Well, as I said, listeners, I sort of, I, I, I've been playing some Cat Quest too, and I thought, well, you know, I never played Cat Quest. Why don't I? Why don't I go back and try it? And, and we, you know, we're going to go on because we've already talked about it. But I did, and it, it was really good. I really enjoyed that. So, and as I said, I sort of, you know, because I didn't really feel like committing to reading and stuff. The loop is fantastic, and I don't know. I just, I just enjoyed that game a lot. So that, that's the main thing I think I've been playing this week. I played a little of the Hero Hero Indie, which is definitely, definitely, it's a, such a great name, Hero Hero. Uh, definitely spam of the week, although not from Rat, from from somebody else, uh, and many stacks of that as well. But only, only for PS4, and then. And it's not even some. It's not even sometimes you either, is it? It's it's no. it's like a new player in the family. Well, it, it's a funny game because it comes with a story mode, and I I know for the trophies you play the arcade mode, so it's possible that you can earn some of the trophies in the story mode. But you you have to play the arcade mode either way anyway. But I haven't done the story mode myself. That that could be quite interesting. But the you know it's it's just a it's a vertical you know shooter, uh, shoot 'em up or whatever uh, in, in a in a ship, and it's quite good. And it has a really interesting mechanic where you you change the color of your ship depending on the enemy so if you're a blue ship you can only kill red enemies if you're a red ship you can kill blue enemies and you can absorb the bullets from the enemies if you're the color the bullet is so you're you know it sounds like it could get very complex but for the plat it's not difficult but you can sort of you know change colors and i've played i'm trying to remember i've played a game like that and i can't remember what it was fun mechanic it's the same idea where where opposite colors are the only damage and you can absorb whatever the color it is that you're wearing. And I yeah. What yeah. It was. That's, that's, that's it. But it's not, I, I'm sure if you played through the story, it probably does get a lot more complicated as it goes on. But for the, for the plot, as I said, you know, 15 minutes um, or so uh, it is, it is, it's funny list because it's progressive. So you need to get a hundred of certain things, but you don't need to do it in one game, but you have to do it without closing out. I mean, it's only 15 minutes, so we're not, we're not talking long here, but it's not the game where you do one run and turn it off and then do the other later. So just, you just if you're going to go for the trophies uh, all in one go, just do it in in the fifteen or twenty minutes it it takes, listeners. Then I'm going to throw a little bit of love to this mini motor racing X. This will be the last racing game for myself this year. In fact, this may be the last racing game for me forever. It's going to be a massive, a massive grind. It's a it's a top down, almost like an RC racing game if you like the tracks are uber short like really really short like thirty seconds long or something. There's a ton of variety in the tracks, but there are just unbelievable number of events i'm in the only in the beginner cup at the moment and there are nine pages of events uh each with four on it so there are the 32 races in just the beginner mode and there are nine different modes i think so so hundreds of races i'm not sure the tracks seem to keep changing, so I'm not sure how much variation there is, but there seems to be a lot. There's also massive money grinding trophies, buying all the cars, leveling up. So this is going to be a this is not going to be a short racing game plat. It's going to be really long. It does come with local co-op uh, and online co-op as well, so you can you can race with other people or or whatever else. The difficulty spike doesn't seem too bad, but I'm not sure what it will be like by the ninth 
the ninth one. And what's cool, Mindy, is you can actually play it like a traditional racing game if you want, or you can play it more like an arcade racer and they'll put pickups on the tracks. So you can, you know, almost like a Mario Kart or something like that. So depending on, on how you feel. And you can make trophy progress on both and you can switch between both um, depending on what you how you feel on the on the day. So that that's cool. Uh, but be warned that is going to be exceptionally long. And then maybe the only other thing I'll throw out is this Avicii Invector, Mindy, the rhythm game. So this game came... I suppose it's a re-release, if you like. It came free if you bought the original one from the year before. Uh, It's exactly the same game, except they've added three songs to the game, uh, which does make it a little bit easier because one of the trophy requirements is to make a million score um, with three extra songs across uh, the three difficulties. In effect, it works as nine extra chances to earn more points to get to the million. I'm pretty sure, though, that the trophies in this game are, are buggy this time around or incorrect, but in a good way. Well, in a good or bad way. I got the million halfway through the the medium runs. I did almost no hard runs, which was a lot earlier than last time. So I, I have a feeling that perhaps this time, rather than just counting your score for each song, it counts your score every time you do it. So it's more progressive, which makes that trophy you know, very, very simple. The hardest trophy, again, is still hitting 15, 15 perfects in a row. For me, the system is really janky, the hit detection. So, look, I don't know. Good luck with that, I think. I'm pretty sure that I only hit 14 in a row and got it. So I think if you get anywhere near close, you'll be you'll be fine. My suggestion, if you're having trouble, is wire your controller. Try and turn your TV to, to game mode to try and try and lower the latency if, if possible. And uh, definitely be using headphones because it just seems really... I don't know. The detection seems really weird. It's maybe before the beat or slightly after, I think. I think perhaps that's what the problem is. But everything else is fine. The only other difference with the trophy, if you're doing it this time around, is that the S plus rank, you need to get on 10 different songs. Not You can't just farm it on one song. But look, that's not that's not too difficult. And if you're if you're used to rhythm games, look, it's easy. The hards are get particularly hard, but you don't, as I said, you don't need to play them or whatever else. It is it is very repetitive, I suppose. But look, it's it's fun. So that that's that's really all I've been playing, Mindy, which is enough. Actually, can I ask you? I know you played this for the um yeah for the uh the 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 true trophies event, but I'm interested mm. to know uh, magical beat is a rhythm game it looks like but it looks like it it's a really quick one like a really quick 100 percent. yeah so do you know about this game why it's quick or no that's or what i'm asking really? oh okay yeah cool so there are there are multiple stacks of this game this is on the vita but it is uh there is a japanese stack on vita and ps3 and an eu and uh, eu stack on the vita as well so i played the na one the game is not quick if you don't play the NA stack. So the NA stack comes with a massive glitch where you can push the L1 and R1 bumpers at the start of every every round and you automatically win. So you, you can just oh. do that. Yeah. If you get any of the other versions, that doesn't work and it's very difficult, particularly at the end. It's not quick at all and challenging. So so it's basically a zero out, of, zero out of 10 with the glitch, if you like. You just play through the, I think it's 12 or 13 different characters. It must be 12 different characters, each one for a trophy. Uh, each has 10, 10 fights. Uh, it, it sort of plays like a Tetris game, actually, if you want to play it. It's interesting. It's not 
Oh, not really? your standard uh, music rhythm game. Uh, yeah, and it has, it has a metronome, so you get rewarded with hit, pushing the pieces down uh, depending on where it hits to the beat. And then you do have to get a – I mean, I think I think doing the majority of the game would be fine by yourself. It would take longer. But there is a hell mode where you where the characters are, like, just unbelievable. So without that glitch, I think – and I think on the other versions, that hell trophy is a very low percentage. So that's – yeah. It, look, if you're looking for spam – um that's great and the great thing mindy is because for that competition it was the 11 difficulty trophies they all count for that <laughs> even with the glitch stack so <laughs> that was lovely <laughs> oh i see i just thought it was interesting that there was like a rhythm game that you know the fastest completion time was like a half an hour and then is uh my other question is no i was gonna say i, I like I, I may drop back and do do a bit more of it to, to for the mechanics but yeah it's an interesting rhythm game hmm. mm-hmm and then my other question is, uh, is Cat Quest 2 better than Cat Quest 1? Yeah. So part of the reason I went back to the first Cat Quest is I was like, I don't really know what's going on here. And I, I don't mean the story. Like the story is good. It's fine. I, the mechanics and stuff, like the, the the gear and the leveling of spells and stuff. And one thing I find is it's a bit more streamlined in the first one. I don't think it's... It's different in the second one. I don't really like the difference. I, I prefer the first one. So, like, the second one is better in every way. It looks better. You know, the, the, the writing is still fantastic or whatever else. The, the base mechanics with the, you know, the dodging and the, and the whacking and the, are, are still the same. I, I, I think I like the one character more. The only thing I'll say with the second one, because you, you can play in co-op, so I think it would be awesome if you're playing two people local co-op, but... If you're not, you can switch between the characters. So it does give you the option of having a ranged character and like a, a close combat character, which, which is nice. I mean, you, you can set them up however you want, but but that's how I set it up because I, I prefer that more ranged approach. And I will say that the AI is particularly aggressive, like maybe a little too aggressive. So you can almost hang back and just let him do his thing, which is fine, I suppose. But yeah. I, the balancing is is interesting. One of the spells in particular is way over leveled, so you know if you just got that, you could just do that the whole game if you wanted, which is fine. But on the plus side, the leveling system is a lot better. I think I've done less than half the quests, and I'm already at like level seventy five. So I'll be well over a hundred uh, or ninety nine or whatever you need to be by by the time it gets there. So look, it's good. Yeah, I think if you like the first one, you'll you'll definitely like the second one. In every other way, it's fantastic, but it's just different. But you know, if you didn't have time to play the first one, I think this would be a great, you know, starting off point as well. I don't don't think it would be necessary, but yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you'll get to it, Mindy. It'll be interesting to see what you what you think. I definitely I definitely will do. Uh no, I I have some stuff I really have been, I keep putting off that I want to play first. Yeah. Uh but this is up on my list. Yeah. I I'd, I'd even give it a bit of time because I wonder if maybe maybe trying to play them both one after the other it might just be a bit much for me or whatever but yeah no it's it's definitely worth a worth a look so look if we if we finish with what we've been playing listeners why don't we move across you know this is the last episode as we've said for the year and we we put out a call on the discord for five games mindy they didn't have to be games that were released this year but sort of five favorite games that you've played this year that was the only only stipulation that you'd actually you know played them right. this year that you had to have played it in 20, 2019 yeah yeah now these these games are, i've only seen one of the lists so far but these games don't necessarily have to be just on playstation either so there might be one or two games that are on on other systems but we'll you know we'll, we'll identify that as we as we go along so oh, i think i think every list that was sent to me was playstation oh was it okay well there you go perfect i, I think 
that was the assumption was that they had to be on PlayStation. Well, yes, I thought looking here, Mr. Zador, because we know he enjoys, you know, bending the rules so they fit, you know, how he likes, <laughs> like his Lego rock band. But whatever else, I've noticed he has put Not a, a Lego game. I've noticed he's put a Switch title on here. So maybe that got past you, Mindy, but it that is definitely not on the PS. But for you know, for everyone else, that is that is fantastic. So, would you like to start us off? Who whose list? Now, I'm interested because I can't see these lists. So, who would you like to start us off with, Mindy? I will start with the first one I was sent, and this was from Cuddles. I'm going to go ahead and call him Cuddles. Uh, our, uh, as far as I know, our first German listener sent me a list and said hello from Germany. That's fantastic. It's funny. I look at the breakdown of listeners, Mindy, and we actually seem to have a bit of a following in Germany and uh, Sweden in particular at the moment, which I'm not sure why. But look, that's really? fantastic. I know. It's very strange, isn't it? Yes, I don't, I don't know. I, I hope they understand English. But, you know, <laughs> perhaps they don't. That's why we're so popular. That's interesting. If you're, if you're our, our German or, or Swedish uh, constituents hit us up let us know where you are and why you're listening to us i'm interested to know <laughs> why you're listening to us i like that yeah yeah definitely definitely sorry to sidetrack us so uh cuddles i will say cuddles sent a very sweet message said thank you for taking the time and effort the two of you put into the continuously put into the episodes i'm an xbox gamer and i love to listen to you both every week i was in the hospital for three weeks recently nothing too bad and you kept me quote kept me company via the podcast to make the time there more bearable that's very sweet oh that's that's fantastic i i hope you are well now sir oh i actually left a name it's mike so i'll, I'll call oh, him awesome. mike now awesome i hope you are much feeling much better <laughs> mike uh, and have a wonderful holiday coming up sounds like just a you know just a surgery well i mean you'd have to be sick to listen to a playstation podcast when you play on the superior system mike no. okay <laughs> <laughs> Mike has said Mike's list is uh, Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Oh, okay. Star Wars. And some some people, I will say, sent me kind of their reasoning for why they have. And some people just sent a list. Yes. Mike just sent a list. Yeah, well, there, there is no reason so for that Recon... choice, Mike. So I, I acknowledge it and, and I smile. <laughs> uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint, Star Wars Battlefront 2, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Forza Horizon 4, and Rocket League. Ooh, he likes the big games. I like that. Yeah, those are the big. Those are big time sinks. They're massive games for yeah. sure. For sure, makes me wonder if uh, if Mike plays for fun or is uh, <laughs> is going for all the achievements. You, you, you can enjoy long games too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I don't know much about that, but I'm told that's the case. Yeah, but you know, I think that's probably the only time I've heard Forza Horizon Four and Ghost Recon Breakpoint in the same sort of list, which is good because, <laughs> no, no, look, I joke listeners about Ghost, Ghost Recon, but this game, while it was launched as garbage or whatever, it's already improved drastically. And I'm sure, you know, Ubi have done a great job in supporting their games. I think it's getting better and better. I just think it's a game that, you know, this isn't the first time I've platted a game of theirs that I should have waited a year on. And I just think this is, a, is another one. So it's great to hear that you're, you're enjoying it. It means it must be, must be cooked nicely and ready, which is awesome. I will I will give Ubisoft that that at least they they are pretty consistent with patching stuff. They don't just kind of put it out and say, well, whatever. Is there anything on that list, Mindy, that you haven't played that interests you? It's not really your sort of list, I don't think, that one. It's it's really not. You know, Odyssey I've already played. Uh Rocket League, I need to go back and, and clean up a couple of trophies. Mm. 
I have most of the trophies in Rocket League, but not not all of them. It's such a shame because the, the best game on that list you can't play, unfortunately, which is, is clearly Forza Horizon 4. And what makes that even sadder for you, Mindy, is that the the second expansion or the, what will be the last expansion for this game was actually a Lego expansion. Lego cars, Lego people. I mean, if ever there was a Lego game, it is this. <sighs> just, just, let's just move on. <laughs> It's great. Yes. Let's move on. Next, next. Next is uh, Easty. Ah, excellent. Now, don't we have to congratulate him for something as well before the list? We do. Oh, yes. Thank you for reminding me. So Easty uh, was also doing this True Trophies 12 Challenges of Christmas, and he was the second person to finish all of them. Congratulations. So a silver medal awarded to uh, to Easty or Beastie, as I should. we should probably start calling him. Well, yes, after that other week with, what was it, Death Stranding and Red Dead Redemption 2 and all that, definitely, I agree. Right. So Easty's list is uh, A Plague Tale Innocence. That's an excellent choice. Excellent. Yes, it's a good choice. Uh, Blood and Truth, which is a VR uh, VR game. Mm-hmm. I think, is this the people who did SIE London? I think this is like that bank heist game, but they expanded it into a, a full game, right? Yes. So that was sort of like a, a demo, wasn't it, on the PlayStation World's disc when VR first came out? Yeah, and then they, they've expanded it into a full game. Yeah, yeah, which I have not played, but I hear I hear is very good. So that's good to know. Yeah, that's what I'm, yeah. I'm just looking really quickly. Yeah, it it's reviewed very well. Yes, yeah, that's, well, that's great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Days Gone, Death Stranding, which surprises me a little bit. Um. And then he had a tie. Five was was uh, Control or Metro Exodus. Yeah, that's interesting. That is one game, Metro Exodus, that really has not got a lot of love in the last few months, probably because it came out earlier in the year. But I'm glad you put that there, Easty, because that, that's a game that really interests me. I don't know. Do you have much history with the Metro uh, series, uh, Mindy? Not at all. No. I mean, I'm, I'm familiar with it, but I, I, I don't know or I haven't played any of them. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting choice. You've piqued my interest there. Eastie, if you just give me a moment, I may just alter my list quickly here. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Cheater. This gonna, Cheater. This is going to be difficult. I didn't consider the fact that people might know games that I forgot about. So <laughs> that's a great list. Yeah, fantastic. And then I think you you have some. Yeah, well, I'm just going to, before we move on, we're still wondering how he fits all these games in. You know, we alluded to maybe. Has- I don't know, man. He He must have like a time turner or something. It's just fantastic however he's doing it. If you if you ever want to share that, please let us know. Or he's just like wickedly efficient and he's not sharing his secrets. Yeah, maybe he's just like a really good like pro-level gamer. It just takes him like half the time to right? finish these things. You know, like Red Dead Redemption 2, he just got on the horse and it was done. The horse just knew what to do, you know, and it's like, <laughs> oh, it's easy. I know how to get this plat now. You know, or, jokes aside, though, I did read, Mindy, that he spent an, astron- an astronomical amount of time trying to find some sacred or special animal or something. So you must have a lot of patience. I mean, that's good. I, for some of these Platinums, you definitely need patience. So uh, good on him. Hmm. Good, good. Okay, we, we shall move on to the next person, Mr. Zador VP. So now I don't think this is in any particular order. So if it is, I apologize. The first one he has here is Lost Ember. Uh, it was between this and B-Sim, but this is definitely more polished. 
Look, I would I would agree with that. Uh, that's a lovely game. That's where you can change between animals throughout, and uh, yeah, it's it's lovely. So I'm glad you enjoy that. Then he he throws in a switch game, which you know, I, good 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 luck to you. Why not? Uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses. So this is a, a strategy game. This is a massive game as well. In fact, in fact, so is the. The Fire Emblem games are massive. Yes. Yeah, both in breadth and scope. So I actually didn't know Zador played on the Switch till I read this. So that's impressive, too, that he's he's balancing his time uh, between all these systems. Now, his next one, Mindy, is interesting. I'm not sure about this. Uh, I'm not sure. Chocobo's Mystery Dungeon, Everybody. Do you know about this, Mindy? Uh, I, I played Choco- like the original Chocobo's Mystery Dungeon on PS1. But I haven't played yeah. um, the the new one that he's talking about. Yes. So I assume this would, yeah, this would be the new one. So, look, I played a little bit of this, sir, and I thought the first couple of hours was fantastic. I was like, yes, I'm into this. This is going to be a great game for me. Then I got to a certain dungeon and no, just no. It was very frustrating and very cheap. And that was within the first five hours. And I understand this is like a 120-hour game. This is a massive game. So if you finished it, congratulations, because this is not an easy plot. In fact, this is the game, Mindy, where you get later on where they just turn off all the lights in the dungeon so you can't even see where you're going. And, like, it's it, – because it's a top-down thing, that's a bit of an issue, obviously, if you run into the enemy and you don't realise. So that's um that's impressive if you finished it. And I'm going to take your word for it that it, that it improves because it's a very frustrating game as well, that one, I think. But interesting. Then we've got Nino Kuni Wrath of the White Witch remastered, which no argument that that is fantastic. Does not surprise me at all that that made his list. He's really big on those games. Yeah, massive, massive fan, but also also a fantastic game. I know you haven't you haven't dived into the Nino Kuni world yet, have you, Mindy? No, I played the demo way back in the day on PS3, but in terms of actual trophy runs, no, I have not. You'll have to, I mean, they're not short games by any stretch, but look, I mean, the second one, you know, is played with some very difficult DLC, but the the trophy, the Platinums for both are, they're more time intensive than difficulty intensive, I think, but they're just beautiful art style, beautiful story. And yeah, just, just lovely, lovely games. Uh, Now this one here, this one interests me a lot as well, Mr. Zador, Fell Seal Arbiter's Mark. Now this is like a, a Final Fantasy tactics style game, I'm told, Mindy. Have you have you ever heard of this game? This sounds familiar to me. But no, I, I definitely haven't played it. But it I think it shows up from time to time on sale and I keep looking at it and I never buy it. Yeah. So this this if you don't know this, listen, is it released earlier this year or whatever else? It sort of it didn't, you know, receive much fanfare at launch. It's not it's never been expensive from the start, maybe a half price game. And as Mindy said, it has been on sale quite a bit. In fact, it wouldn't surprise me if it's if it's on one of the sales, perhaps even now. It's uh look, it's interesting. It's not a short game by any stretch, and I think it's a game you probably need to invest time into. But it's something I've had on my system intriguing me for some time. So the fact that you you stand by it, so gives me gives me more pause to think that I should possibly play it. Because what I like, Mindy, about Zador is that every game he lists here are games that I would like to play. They're not games that I'm going to play because they're too long, but they're games that I would like to play. So I feel if he feels that's that's worthy of a top five, it must be. So that's a that's a solid list. I'm surprised. Honestly, I'm surprised B-Sim was on there. Well, no, it wasn't. He said Lost Ember. He said it was between this and B-Sim. I suppose he didn't know he could have a oh. tie. 
So we'll, we'll let him have a tie so he can have them both, Lost Amber and B-Sim. I've got two more that have been sent to me. First one was Velvet. And it's interesting because she plays everything. So you'd think that she'd hem and haw and have a hard time deciding. She immediately had four games and then she had a fifth one. She was like, oh gosh, what, should my, what is my fifth one? So I thought that was interesting. You say that. But I think she probably took quite some time before. Oh, I'm sure she. I'm sure she did. I'm sure she did. But it's just it was just an immediate answer, and it shouldn't surprise you because she has has sung the praise of these games both times that she was on the show. You might actually, if you remember last time when we were talking, uh, last time she was on, if you remember some of the games she talked about, you probably know what this list is. We talked about a lot of games. We did. (laughs) But her, so her list is uh, Figment, Niflheim, Woven, Graveyard Keeper, Sayonara Wild Hearts. Mm. So a lot of really long games as well. Is Woven long? Because Figment's not that long. Is Woven long? Uh, oh, that's true. Figment's not that long. Look, no, Woven, no, it's probably not that long. I, maybe 12-ish hours. I, you know, mm-hmm. probably with a guide. I think, I think that, yeah. Yeah, but the other ones you mentioned, what were they? Niflheim and uh, Sayonara is not particularly long either, I suppose. No, but... Sayonara Wild Hearts is like an arcade game, right? Yeah, it's an interesting game. Yeah, I'm surprised. I don't think we talked with her about that game, so I'm surprised that's on there. But no, look, I would I would agree. So it's in a real like a, a retro punk almost art style, if you like. Mm-hmm. And again, it's a different it's a different type of rhythm game. And it, no, it's it is very good. It's very unique game so that yeah that that's a solid that's a solid list good to see figment getting some love mindy <laughs> but yeah niflheim and gravekeeper are very long games uh, graveyard keeper are are long games for sure yes yeah that's like the uh yeah those farming style games uh, i'm trying to think uh, harvest moon i uh, know but that's not the one i'm thinking of <laughs> you know but you know which one i mean listeners i know I what you're thinking of yeah yeah in that style yeah oh fantastic that's good i i think she probably plays almost more games than anybody so that's uh that's a that's a very solid list fantastic yeah and then the last one i was sent was our dear slamma who we haven't heard from a bit because life has been crazy for him but slamma and slamma wrote little little reasonings behind each first is uh pick a pick pieces and he says being an enormous fan of Picross makes it easy to put this series first so many different games to choose from. Pieces was interesting and in that every puzzle you complete was part of a larger picture. So this is actually com- uh, comparable to if you play the Picross E series on 3D. That's kind of my main Picross, I suppose, vehicle of delivery is my 3DS. And so they have this series called the E series and they put out one every year. And the last one came out in Japan and did not come out here. And I'm really annoyed by that. But they have a, a segment called Me Cross, which is exactly what he's describing where you pull up your 10 by 10 or your 15 by 15 grid and the thing that you're filling in doesn't make sense. You know, it's not an actual picture you're making, but when it zooms out, you realize it's, it's a tile to a, a work of art. So like you're making the Mona Lisa. And so the 15 by 15 grid doesn't make sense, but you realize that you're making the Mona Lisa, you know, cause when it pulls out, you say, Oh, I just did, you know, her, her right eye. And now I'm working on her left eye, that kind of thing. That's that's quite involved. I like it. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Number two, Bloodborne. I am legally obligated to tell you I earned this platinum. It was one <laughs> of the most challenging, frustrating, and fun games I've ever had the pleasure of putting time into. 
That's interesting. Do we know? Is he? You know, you know, Slammer much better than I do. Is he a Souls player? Does he? Does he play a lot of those style of games? Uh, not really. He's definitely not a. What do you call it? Like the people who would say like get good and and play all of the Souls games. I don't. I think Bloodborne's probably the only Souls like he's played. Honestly. Well, that that is fantastic, sir. Because everything I read, that's not not an easy game at all. So, mm. particularly the dungeons, I think I think that's where the real challenge comes in towards the end with the the dungeons. And I, I remember I remember Mindy because you know these games impress me, but you know I don't have the skill level to to push the start button, unfortunately, in them. But I, I remember talking to someone and they were they were playing it, I think, and they sent me some pictures, and it was they were they were killing this massive. Because the monsters are obscene. It's a massive dog thing, right? And we're in the party chat. And I'm like, what are you doing? Because the chat was a bit, you know, it was a very colourful language at this point. And he said, I'm trying to beat this dog to death with its own leg. So he'd like ripped the leg off it or something and was beating it with a leg. So, look, I don't know. It's it's interesting. That's not very nice. No, no. But you can imagine the skill required to get the leg off the thing and then beat it to death with its own leg. Like it's a big thing. I, so, I guess. Yeah. But no, they're hard. They're very, they're very tough. I'm impressed, sir. It's very impressive. Number three, the witness. The puzzles were amazing. The way you were slowly introduced to puzzle mechanics and then eventually all thrown together, culminating in one of the most chaotic puzzle sections I've ever seen was quite the ride. But I still shudder when I hear in the Hall of the Mountain King. <laughs> I like it. Have you played this game, Mindy? No, but this is the one with the, you can follow all the video guides you want, but that doesn't mean it's going to get you through the last puzzle, right? See, I would have thought this is the sort of thing that secretly you would love. You would just be sitting there in your, you know, your your adventure game sort of walk through just laughing in your 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 uh, mansion there because this is the game where someone could use a guide the whole way through, you know, this may have happened with your work in the past, not have a clue what's going on and then be completely fucked in the last section of the game. And I, and I would imagine that you, you know, you might get some secret pleasure out of this, that they, they can't actually finish the game if they cheat the whole way through. There were a couple, I, off the top of my head, I think True Fear for Staking Souls Part 1, I gave the answer to every puzzle and then the last puzzle I was like, I cannot help you with this. Oh, and uh, there was some... Gosh, I can't remember. It's such a forgettable game. Subject 13 was the same way. I gave the answer to every puzzle, and then the last puzzle was um, 3D Minesweeper. And I was like, I cannot help you with this yeah, because it's randomized, and you have to do it in under 60 seconds, so good luck. <laughs> it's great, isn't it? Well, one of the other great things about this game is it gives you no direction at the start. So if you – it's been a long time since I played it, but I remember if you turn – it's either if you turn right or left, it doesn't matter, you understand. But if you go, say you go left, it's impossible to figure out what you're doing. So you basically have to go right to at least get some sort of grip on how the puzzles work. And and there's no indication of which way to go. You can go either way. So, uh, look, I, I love that sort of eccentricity. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> but, yeah, that's a tough one, another tough one. And then we have another VR game, Static. This VR game had really fun puzzles and the VR aspect really amplified the intrigue. I don't know much about this game at all. Have you played it? Is this VR optional or VR required? I don't know this game at all, actually, Static. So it's interesting. I don't either. I'm just kind of looking it up really quickly. Oh, this, I knew this sounded familiar. This is done by the people who did Little Nightmares. Oh, okay. Is it a similar style or? No, it's, it looks like first person puzzle solving. 
Yeah, that, that's a good use for VR. That that first person puzzle solving. I mean, there was a there was a bomb game like that as well, and there, there's been a few in that. So it's, it is a good use of it. So static. Hmm, that's that may be worth a look. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's it says uh, static is a VR game about solving puzzles in a place you don't know with a person you don't recognize and hands that aren't completely yours. <laughs> that that sounds like a a description for the Join... VR. It may or may not work. Hands that are or not yours. Right. Like... <laughs> Join Dr. Ingen and his delightful assistant, Edith, on a journey to unravel the complexities of the human mind. Awake each to each new day with a unique hand-mounted puzzle device to solve. You must use your brain, eyes, and ears to solve each mystery. But this being VR, it's hard to know which of these can be trusted. So it sounds like they're really leaning into the fact that it's a VR game and made that an actual gameplay element, which is interesting. Instead of being just kind of just a, a, a novelty it sounds like they really tied that into the whole narrative that you are hooked up to a VR machine. One of the interesting things is there are so many like people with VR would know, but if if you haven't partaken in that yet, you may not, you may not visit that section of the story. You might just ignore it, but there, there, it started to slow down a bit, but there's still a lot, but there, there was a time there where there was just so much stuff coming out and the problem is it was really hard to tell whether it was a game or an experience or whether it was any good or not, because there was just so much. So I think like this static, it may have come out around that time that with it, I think there's still many gems there. We just, we've just never heard of them yet, Mindy, or, you know, unfortunately we need someone to, to, to put it on their list. So that's great. I think, I think you're right. I think, I think a lot of it is VR is unnecessary. I think this one sounds like if you build it in well, I think you can make amazing games out of it. But it was the same way for me with the Vita where, you know, they would force in touchscreen. It was just stupid as opposed to being, uh, I suppose, immersive, you would say, in the uh, with the VR. Yeah, oh, it's interesting. I mean, too much choice is always a good thing. But that's a, was that was that the fifth one or was there another one? That was the one? fourth one. Oh, sorry. Fifth one is uh, Super Life of Pixel. This one flew under the radar. It's a platformer where you complete levels based on different eras of consoles. The platforming was challenging and very rewarding. This one is on my list to play because I I did buy it during a sale because it looks right up my alley. And then when Slamma came on, I asked him about it as well. And it's a I believe it's a cross buy. Yeah. On PS4 and Vita, there's definitely two lists. Um, I think it's a cross buy. It's hard though, isn't it? That's not an that's not an easy platformer at all. It's not it's not the easiest of platforms, but I think it's also not. You think hard platformers? You think something like Super Meat Boy? It's not that either. It's, you know, somewhere in the middle. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure that's across. But I have a feeling there's a couple of stacks of that too. So that that game is is everywhere. Yeah, I mean that that overall that list. There's there's a lot of challenging things on that list. So that that's very impressive. I like this. I like how different all of these lists were. I don't think there was a repeat on on any of these lists. And while I have seen, because obviously you and I are going to follow up with our lists, I have seen uh, one of my games on one of these lists. My list is also very different from from all of these games. Well, it's just great because it gives you, like, as I wasn't joking about changing my list there, Mr. Easty, it does give you ideas for things you've forgotten. But I think I think one of the things I've noticed listening to other podcasts that are, you know, so focused at this time of the year on games of this year is that the, the reality is there are many big games that have come out in the last two months and there is probably very few people that have had the time to to get through them all, you know, and play them themselves. So it, it's difficult to relate to those games where we, by making them games from from whatever time that you've played this year, it just, it just gives everyone more time to really 
I don't you know really. I always feel, Mindy, that maybe the game of the year should happen like in March next year for this year when everyone's had a chance to play all these things that have come out. You know, we're sort of a lot of people go in blind or whatever to that. But that, it's that's good. There's a, a great mix of stuff. So now, Mindy, why don't we take a look at our top 10? Now, I understand you, you just, you haven't ranked yours. That's correct, isn't it? So they're all, all sort of even. That's correct. I, I, I didn't do like a, you know, this is my number one game of the year. I just went through a list of everything I played in 2019 and, and listed what I would consider for a top 10 and then whittled it down to 10 with a couple of honorable mentions. That sounds perfect. So what we might do is we might alternate. Should we, do you want to do the honorable mentions first or how should we, we do that? Whichever you want. If you want to do nine and then honorable mentions in one because yours is actually ranked, I don't care. <laughs> okay. That's a, that sounds good. Yeah. Well, what we might do listeners now, just, you know, the, the listeners that have been with us a long time know that we're, you know, we're not full of shit. We might be partially full of shit sometimes, but not full of shit completely. Just so that, you know, you're getting, you know, an authoritative opinion here on these lists as the lists that were provided to us are today. I'd just like to, Mindy, just go through your stats. We're not quite at the end of the year, but we're close enough. This year, Mindy has earned a staggering 4,036 trophies across across 166 games played, of which 149 she has completed. So that's pretty solid, Mindy. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's impressive. For a completionist that's pretty solid now does that count does that total games played does that count games that were already on my profile that i went back and earned a couple of trophies on like uh like last of us or is it just counting new games this could be a question for true trophies uh but <laughs> look yeah it's got a, it's got 151 games started and 166 games played so i i suppose i'm not sure does that sound loosely right like you might have only started yeah so i think i think the started is the new things whereas the 166 includes like last of us where i put it on my profile years ago but i unlocked a couple of trophies on it this year Okay, so like it's a ballpark figure, you know, it's probably close to being correct, but that that gives you an idea. And then over here, I did crack the 10,000 again, which is is impressive. It's getting easier and easier every year, as you know, listeners. Now I've played uh, again a little bit down on last year, which is surprising for me, but you know, it is it is what it is. I think because I completed more games, Mindy, played 694 games this year, but I completed 366. So, you know, there's a lot to be said for these quick, quick five-minute games that are now coming out in eight regions, if that's uh, if that's what you're, you're looking to do. But so, you know, between us, that's a that's a staggering number of games that we've played and, and completed, Mindy. So I think, you know, we have a, we have a fair, uh, a fair foot in the, uh, in the old PS4, uh, PS3, and perhaps Vita, I'm not sure what you're going to list today, library. I think, I think we're qualified enough to make our picks here. So, what I might do is I've got a few honorable mentions. So can I just dump them out? And I'm not going to talk about them because we've covered all of them on the show before. Yeah, I'll do, I'll do the same with mine and then we'll do our lists. Perfect. So these are games, as I said, I've talked about on the show before. I think they're all really good. There's nothing, maybe just not quite good enough to be top 10 for me, but I've enjoyed all of them in various positions. A couple of them I have not been able to finish. So I think that's also why they're only honorable mentions, but I will go with A Plague's Tale first. I did add that Eastie. I completely forgot. That's fantastic. Just Shapes and Beats. So this was a rhythm game that came across from the Switch. It's fantastic with a story mode and then a free play mode. Riverbond. Uh, which we have talked about before, Sea of Solitude. Oh, yeah. Mm, see, it's interesting, isn't it? Sea of Solitude, uh, which I think is a, a fantastic, a fantastic game. Uh, two stacks available. It's not particularly long. 
uh, if you're interested in that. Dead or School, and I've harped on enough about that one. The Dark Pictures, The Man of Medan, Wreckfest. I thought Wreckfest was one of the best racing games I've played this year. It only detracted for me in the the uh, number of, uh, sorry, the, the amount of load time between races, I think, is a little bit unacceptable uh, for, T- for THQ. But I think that's something that they work on and they're already fixing in hindsight. I also think there was a lot of repetition in the events. But that aside, it, very solid racing game. I had Figment, Olympic Games Tokyo 2020, which I think is probably my sports game of the year. Again, not for everybody, but it's it's a fantastic, it's the best Olympic tie-in game I've ever played and best, uh, you know, best major sporting event tie-in game, I think, f- for me. Well, you know, not again, not particularly difficult. It's more online focused, uh, so you, you want to go in with that. And the great thing about that, Mindy, is they're still supporting it, adding new events and trophies right up until the um, the start of the Olympics in Tokyo, Tokyo. We've got Creepy Road, the 2.5D platformer, which I really enjoyed. And then the last two that I put on here, Dragon Quest Builders 2, uh, more of the same perhaps, but I think much better in many, many ways and probably very close to being a top 10 game for me. And only one PSVR game for me this year, just just because I haven't haven't played a lot, and that was Zing, the Land Beyond, which may be the only game we haven't talked about before. That's a really lovely walking sim with light puzzles, just really beautiful, plays fantastically well in VR. The only reason, again, it doesn't make my top 10 is it's very abstract at the start. It's not clear what you're supposed to do at all, but once you get into about 15 to 20 minutes of the game, you start to realise how it all works. So... They're my, that's quite a lot, I know, but my honorable. That's, the, that's not honorable mentions. That's an entire list. That's like, that's like the top 10 honorable mentions of the year. <laughs> well, it shows you how hard it was for me to get a top 10 when I had that many good games on the, on the honorable mentions. But yes, <laughs> would you like to throw out some honorable mentions and then we'll, we'll kick off the numbers? Sure. So I just, uh, I just kind of rejiggered my list a little bit. I'm going to honorable mention uh, Rose in the Twilight which is a Vita game. Bear With Me, which is that noir point-and-click game. Liar Princess and the Blind Prince. And Castlevania Requiem, mostly just for Symphony of the Night. Also, there's my Metroidvania reference for the podcast. <laughs> we got it in. Yeah. See, that's a solid, that, that's a thing, isn't it? That's a sol- solid list of just honorable mentions. Yeah. Any of those could be top 10, you know, material as well. So why don't we start? Would you like to go first, Mindy? What's your first game you'd like to throw out in no particular order? My list, I know yours is in, is in an order. Mine is not. My list really is just starting from the beginning of 2019 to, to the end. So uh, my first game is Forgotten Anne, which is that like Studio Ghibli-like puzzle platformer about the, the girl who lives in the land of forgotten things. So when, when objects uh, break or they wear out, they're sent to just this land. This, you know, mystic land and she's kind of um the she's called the enforcer she's kind of the rule make, making sure that these broken and forgotten things get a new uh, job i suppose in this forgotten land and the the whole game is about her just kind of figuring out where she's come because she's human everything else is is you know like lamps and old clothes and stuff like that but she's human so it's her figuring out you know her story and then also her place in this struggle between the way things are and then this kind of rebellion that's popping up in the in the uh in the world 
I dig this a lot. I think I think it's well worth playing. And I played one of the stacks this year, so it qualifies for my list. <laughs> <laughs> there are a few stacks, aren't there, for this game? There, too. there are three. There's the Korean stack, there's the Japanese stack, and there is the everywhere else stack. And for a while, I had the fastest time on all three stacks, but I've just checked, and it looks like one of them, one of my times has been beaten. Oh, fantastic. I, I didn't realize you'd played the others. Are they all in English, or is it only the EUNA one that's in English? They all play in English. Oh, good. It's all fully voice acted in English. I think for one of them, you have to actually go into the settings and switch it to English. But other than that, yeah, these are, these are 100% playable if you don't speak the language. No problem. So what I'm going to do at this point, listeners, is I'm going to move my keyboard away from me, just so I'm not tempted to rejig my list as we go through, uh, once I hear Mindy's list. <laughs> I'm already taking notes. That that sounds great. Yeah. So look, I my list is in order, only because I like a flair for drama, and I, I feel that that will build it for me. So the, the number 10 game for me... The number 10, we've already talked about today, so we don't really need to get into it, is the Cat Quest 2. But I put a slash and put Cat Quest because I'm going to sort of bundle them in together. If you're going to play one, you, you should play both. And it's just, you know, for, for I think six to 10 hours in that range, it's just a beautiful little game. As I've already said, I love the, I love the loop. Mindy, this is the game, I think, for someone that likes JRPGs or RPGs, but I'm, you know, go with JRPGs because it's a bit weird, they're cats, that doesn't have 50 hours or 100 hours. They've only got, you know, an afternoon or a day. I think, I think that's, this is the perfect, perfect game for them. So I think, I think that definitely, definitely comes in strong at number 10. All right. My next game is The Council. So this is an episodic, uh, I think I talked about this way, way back when I was a guest and not a co-host. It's a mostly narrative adventure game, like a telltale game, episodic. But there are a couple of RPG elements in it, where, like, a, like a skill tree that you can build your character on. It's 1793. There's a secret society of historical figures that are, are kind of deciding like world politics and things like that. And you are in the middle of this. You're just some guy. But you're, you're also looking for your missing mother who is tied to this council somehow. This is what I really wanted Telltale to evolve into where your choices actually mean something. You know, all Telltale games, all the choices are window dressing. This one, it really did matter. And if you, you know, if you made someone too angry in episode one, then they might not help you in episode four. You know, so that's locked off a part of the game. To you. you can still get through it no matter what you do. But there are big chunks of the game that you will not be able to see depending on the choices you make, which really ups the replay value, I think. I think it drops around the end, but I think a good part, you know, a good amount of this game makes it worth playing. That's an interesting, interesting you said, thing you said about Telltale. I think, I mean, th this was a, was this a new studio? Was this their first game or? This was, I think they were a fairly new studio. Yeah, it was like yeah. Big Bad, Big Bad Wolf. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I think pretty, pretty new. So it's exciting if they're going to continue down this line because with Telltale rebooting or whatever else, it's unclear what line they will take. But but Don't Nod seems to be moving more in the, the other direction where you're less involved with their Life is Strange games. So it's exciting. Yeah, very exciting. On to number nine. So when I first made this list, Mindy, I realized I didn't have any racing games on it. And I was like, well, that's something wrong with this list. 
the list is an invalid list. So I, I had to I had to rework it. And I did come up with one, number nine. And I've played many racing games this year, but I'm going to put Need for Speed Heat in at number nine. Look, I again, I preface it, obviously, I like this style of games, but I think it was, it was a really good return to form for this series or whatever else. I know not everyone will like it. it you know, it is predominantly an online game, although you, you can play offline if you like. It's, a, it's around maybe a, you know, a 10 to 12 hour story and then a massive collectible fest and races but if you if you like racing games it's not really going to worry you and the collectibles you know for the large part you know borrow from the the forza horizon series um of doing speed tests and things which again is nothing new much much like the payback but i think this was a was a big step forward they didn't go back down that fmv route which i think is is really good yes the story is a bit cringy or whatever else but you know it's fine and yes the cars don't look as good as they do in in forza but i think it's the it's a it's an encouraging step forward I think they need to decide whether they're an arcade racer or whether they're in the middle. I think that's hurting them. I think part of the reason why Forza is so successful on the Xbox is that they have both studios running a sim and one running a complete arcade game. And I think I think they need to decide with Need for Speed which direction it's going to go. And I hope personally it goes more the arcade route. But having said all of that, I think it's it's a really solid a solid game that you're going to have you know thirty or forty hours of pretty good fun in. And, you know, there's a good difficulty spike there if you want it too within the events and, and the police chases. So I, I think that's a solid pick for this year's racing uh, racing games. I'm surprised that made your list because that's the game that lost you the bet, right? And now you have to play Platinum Final Fantasy XII. <laughs> well, yes, but uh, I mean, I still like the game. Yeah, it did. It did. Yeah, but I mean, it, it actually in, in hindsight ranked probably higher than I thought. I obviously overestimated because I didn't realize how poorly the Need for Speed games had been received in the last few years. So. Yeah, but no, it, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so my next game is Truberbrook. This is a, it was kicked. I think this is the only game on my list. Let me just look. I'm probably wrong. But this is actually kickstarted and it funded pretty quickly. I think within the first two or three days, they asked for around 200,000 euro to fund this and it, it got funded. No, I'm sorry. It got 200,000 euro. It asked for 80,000 and it got that within two, two or three days, which is pretty great. So Trooperbrook is a sci-fi mystery adventure set in 1960s Germany. And it's, it's fun. It's, it's really gorgeous. One of the whole aesthetics of it is that all of the scenery is, is model work. And then they've animated the characters into it. So it's a really, it's a really interesting look it doesn't feel quite real which is really good i'm trying not to spoil stuff it doesn't feel quite real which is good in for what the elements of the story are it's unsettling but not in a creepy way you know what i mean it keeps the it keeps the the intrigue i think i haven't this is on my list to play but i i literally only loaded up and looked in the first section and it's stunningly beautiful it really is yeah, well, that, that section. It really is gorgeous. Yeah. 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 Excellent. For sure, for sure. And uh, there's a second stack now. There's, a, I think, a Japanese stack that just came out in the last month. Do we know if that plays in English or? Yeah, unsure. I, I don't know. I haven't picked this one up. I haven't picked up the stack yet, but I want to stack it for sure. So listeners, number eight for me is a Switch tie-in Gris. So I've only played the first section on PlayStation, but I have completed it on the Switch. Look, it's a, you know, we've talked about this before on the show. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful minimalistic game. Actually playing, I'm probably into the second section now on the PS4 and coming back to it 
there's very few games you know of this length because because it's only a shorter game that I, I I do come back to and it's it's just lovely like it, it's very peaceful I mean it, it is a platformer but look I don't you know I don't play I don't go out of, out of my way to play platformers I don't particularly like them and quite often I find them stressful this just isn't that that case it's you know simple mechanics it doesn't overwhelm you with stuff that's introduced and more the more I play it the second time, the more I think the story, or the, you know, if there's a story, what it's about is is really really abstract. But I don't think it really matters. I think it's just a lovely experience, and it's it's one of those games. If you are going to play it, maybe tempting to play without the sound on, and you know, listen to something else. But I, I would urge you to to play with the sound because it's it is you know the score is adapted to different sections of the of the level and the game, and it's some really beautiful music in there it really really adds to it but yeah i mean you know it, it's one of the top indie games of the year anyway i think and uh it, it's exciting to see this sort of stuff being made mindy because it's almost you know it's a game obviously there's gameplay to it but it, it, it's bridging the gap between modernist art i think and and performance art and games which i think i think is exciting i want to see more of this uh, definitely in the in the future my next one is uh, Edith Finch, What Remains of Edith Finch, which definitely did not come out this year, but this, that's when I played it. And uh, that's all I'll say about it, because we have an entire podcast dedicated yes. to... <laughs> Other than it's fantastic. Why I think this is worth playing. <laughs> yeah. There are there are a few games, Mindy, that I think are ti- like well, you can't say timeless or whatever, but are games that you know you'd come back to every now and then and play, and and that's definitely one of them. Maybe Hellblade as well for me. They're, that that's a Edith Finch is a special game, very special. Really, it really is. I I really I really enjoyed it. Well, let's go on to number seven for me, which is no stranger here to the the podcast. This game, Liar Princess and the Blind Prince, so much the the same. We've we've sold this game well, Mindy. Why we are not on the payroll for this game, I'm not sure at this point, but, but we've sold it to many, many people. Uh, it's fantastic. The only thing I'll say that, you know, we may not have talked about is I followed this game from when it released on the Japanese store. It unfortunately was not, it is not in English. And I, I really wanted to play it, but I just couldn't, I didn't think I could figure out a platformer in Japanese at the time. It's been wonderful to see it ported, and it's really encouraging that uh, NIS are doing these sort of games, which, you know, it's a digital game when it came out that has has had a physical release, I believe, since, uh, and now has been localised as well to the West, which is wonderful because it would have been a real shame if we'd missed out on that game, and it would have been a real shame to have played it and not understood or be able to read the story as well, I think. So that's that's a gem for me. Next on my list is uh, The Last Door. So this was another another Kickstarter game for PC, which came out in 2014, but was finally ported to PlayStation in 2019. This is a very low-res point-and-click horror game set in Victorian England. It's really like if you like Lovecraft, if you like that kind of slow-burn horror, not jump-scare horror, but just kind of nothing feels right it's a lot more psychological this is a this is a game you're really gonna like i think the pixel art is is great it's very i'm gonna emphasize very low res pixel art but they do some fantastic work with the shading in it to give everything depth and uh it's it's really just an eerie eerie game definitely mended for sure so, I get the feeling like we're playing tennis here with games. We're just lobbing great games at each other. 
It's fantastic, isn't it? <laughs> and you know, the listeners, when you when you when you do it this way, it just shows you how many great things are out there. Anyway, maybe I, I'm mm. feeling that. So number six for me. So again, now this didn't release this year or whatever else, but I, I played it this year it has a a tragic story for me because i lost my save about 40 hours in oh no so i don't know what the end i know i don't know what the ending is but the fact that it made my list and didn't just end up in the garbage shows that you know i I must have really enjoyed it and i do i I think i do i'm not quite ready yet to go back and do it again but i think i i will and that of course is dragon quest 11 so many people have called this one of the finest jrpgs to be released and now recently uh it's come across to the switch as well if you like jrpgs you're gonna love this game it's i mean you can't say relaxing you know because it's not that style of game but it is relaxing it doesn't have tons of systems you know it's it's always clear where you need to go but having said that it's it's a massive massive world to explore the writing is really good you know some voice some not or whatever else it's just it's just a beautiful game and i think i mean the the dragon quest games are massive in themselves but they're so simple to get into and i think with a lot of JRPGs, it's just so difficult to get your foot in the door, particularly if they're not the first iteration of the game and get your mind around what's happening and what's going on. And I'm thinking, you know, even about the Final Fantasy series, even though they're they're freestanding games, there's still still a lot sometimes to get into those games. And, and you know, they don't always meet you halfway. But Dragon Quest, in particular, this one in 11, it really does. And Mindy, the art style is just, it's just fantastic. You know, it's, it's cartooned animation to the max or whatever else, but the colours, they're just vibrant and, and everything else, you know, and, and it is a turn-based game. So I don't know, what, what is not to love? <laughs> Dragon Quest 11, I think. Well, what's not to love is that somehow it crashed and you lost your save. That's not to love. That's not on the game, though. That was my fault. So that was one of those situations where my system corrupted and I forgot to make a copy of the save. So there's no problem with the game eating saves. That was totally my fault. I deleted it without Mm. realizing. (laughs) So, yes. I see. That's a me problem. That is a you problem. (laughs) (laughs) It it really is. It really is. Uh, What do we have next? My next game is The Adventure Pals. This is, it's the one about the boy and his magical giraffe and his pet rock. So it's a kind of, I guess, a combat platformer. It's the boy's birthday and his dad has been kidnapped or dadnapped. And it's up to the boy and his giraffe, who, by the way, I have just found out, or I've just remembered, is named Sparkles, to save the land, to rescue his dad, and to keep the bad guy from turning everyone into, oh gosh, what was it? It was animals, but I think some sort of food. And it's just, it's just ridiculous. It's funny. The art style is, is very cute. It definitely does not take itself seriously. And yet it is a very solid platformer, not too challenging. So it's, it's a lot more about the fun, but I definitely recommend this one. I really, really do. So then we move on to number five for me. And this is where it got very hard, listeners. Sort of from one to five was, you know, could have almost gone anyway. In the end, I I put Life is Strange 2 as number five. While I think that's an amazing game and it's definitely one of the best things I've played this year, I think, as we've talked about, it it is different. It's almost not a game in some ways. And uh, just just looking at the other ones that I had left, they they are very complete packages. So that probably is the only reason it didn't it didn't score higher for me. But look, as I said, it's it's really great. And if you if you if you're looking for some emotional depth in your gameplay, you know, if you're if you're looking to connect, then this is the game 
this is the game for you. And as I've said before, it's refreshing to see something that's not afraid to make statements, uh, political statements about what's going on around the world. Whether you agree with them or not, it doesn't really matter. It's important these things are voiced. And it's great to see that it's being voiced in a, a game that or whatever that has by its mechanics is approachable for everybody. So it's very, it's very, it's beautiful. It's a lovely game. I knew that was going to make your list. I just didn't know what number it was going to be. Yes. Yeah. I wanted it to be higher, but in the end, you know, five is five is good. You know, I would definitely mm. recommend playing it. So my next game is uh, Figment, which I believe made your uh, honorable mentions, correct? Yes. Yeah. So Figment is a just kind of a surreal action adventure puzzle, light puzzle solving. And I think this this made Velvet's list too. It's it's a lot of fun. There's some questionable checkpointing in it, but definitely worth a play. These are the people who did Back to Bed, which is a lot more puzzle heavy, but also sur- they really kind of nail the the surrealism in these games. So if you if the if the price tag for Figment is a little too high for you, I think it's still at like twenty. Back to Bed is definitely cheaper, and you'll get an idea of how this developer works back to bed is purely puzzle solving figment has some combat in it but it'll give you an idea as to whether or not you you think you'll like this because i don't think there's a demo and i think there should be but i do recommend it for sure i think we're going to trade honorable mentions and list positions here because my next one number four i think it is Yes, even considering number one, I think it's the game I spent the most time on this year. I think the clock ended up coming in at about 110 hours uh, through the DLC, and that was Assassin's Creed Odyssey. <laughs> that's so funny because that's the next game on my list too. So, <laughs> Oh, excellent, excellent. Well, well, sell it to me, Mindy. What did you love about it? No, no, it you go ahead. I'm just saying it's funny that that's the, you know, that's your number one yes. list and it's the next game I'm going to talk about. You know, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Well, look, there's not much to say about this game other than I really, you know, I really like the direction that the Assassin's Creed, you know, are going in or whatever. I like the earlier games, you know, obviously, but I did, I did enjoy Origins, not as much as Odyssey. Although ironically, when I started Origins, I I really liked it. When I started Odyssey, I didn't like it at all. I didn't like that there were all these islands and things like this. But as I got into Odyssey, it's just, you know, as the name implies, it's a massive, massive game. And I think and again, I know this was in Origins, but it was so much more developed in Odyssey. You could get lost in this world. There were so many small sub-quests and side quests, you know, before you, the main quest over here. There was just so much to do, which I thought was great. And I think coming at it at a time where all the DLC was out, which is not usually the position I'm in. Uh, usually I play it early, so, you know, either have to wait or I never never come back to it. But then being able to, to seamlessly move into the DLC afterwards, wasn't a massive fan of the first DLC pack, but the second one I thought was exceptional. Overall, it's just it was just a great game. And then even to have those free quests there as well that, you know, there was just another thing you could do in that world. And I think I think it's probably the only only one of two games this year, two or three games this year of that length that I've really, you know, fallen into hard. And I, I think it's 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 wonderful. I agree. I, I, I think and I said this before. I liked Origins a little better, but I think that comes down to hmm. liking the settings more. Like I think I really, really liked Assassin's Creed 4, and that had a lot of island hopping, so I didn't mind that in Odyssey. But in general, I think Ancient Egypt is more interesting than than Ancient Greece, so I think I was just more prone to liking Origins. But I, I think Odyssey is definitely, definitely very solid. I wasn't too sure, having played all of the Assassin's Creed games, I wasn't too sure about the shift to more of a combat, because it is, has been kind of a stealth 
to this kind of RPG more combat focus, but I think they're they're doing it fairly well. They're really keeping some stealth in there, but they're, I guess, giving you more options for combat, which is good. I have a feeling the clock came in at a similar amount of time for you, but you know, one thing we didn't talk about is the fact that you can you can choose to play that game without the assist in in marking locations on your map, can't you? And and try and figure it out yourself. So, I mean, that that would add hundreds of hours potentially, I think, to this game and exploring. So, oh, for sure, yeah, it's 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 become it's become. Is, you know, I, I don't. I don't want to say linear. The the earlier games weren't linear at all, but it's become like a, a almost a, a games with service without being you know a sub game or whatever. It's a, it's almost like a, a single player MMO, I suppose. It's just massive, which is is fantastic. I love it. I love it. So we'll move on. I suppose we're back to me then. And uh, number- we are back to you. Yes. <laughs> it's a shame. Uh, number three. So look, there are there are certain games I think you remember your whole life. And I think, you know, whether they rank at number three in what you've played this year or where they rank, it doesn't matter. It's a game that you'll you'll come back to or whatever and you'll remember. And that, for me, is my number three, is Nier Automata. I think this game, it, it, again, it's not for everybody. If you've played it, you might you might have a differing opinion or whatever else. It is, at its essence, a JRPG, but it's so much more than that. It's, it's elements of everything, a side-scroller, a shoot-em-up, a platformer. You know, uh, it, it's got everything in it, and it seamlessly transitions and I think that again, it was it was made on a budget or whatever else, but I think that really helps it. It's not AAA in the sense that you'd be used to AAA, but you know that they make a, a round for it or whatever. There's a massive amount of grinding if you if you wish to do that, but you know it doesn't get in the way. And I mean, the way the ending system works is it's there is nothing else like it at all in the way the end game plays to get to that point. So. It's exceptional. I thought that the characters were exceptional in every way to be in 9S as well and their inter interrelationship. And again, it's a game, it seems to be a habit with me, Mindy. It's a game I started and I was like, this is garbage. I played two hours, I'm not playing this game. And there's a particularly challenging boss fight within the first hour, particularly challenging depending on what le- difficulty level you're playing on. And I just thought I'm ha- never going to play this. I've had enough. And I, I did finally go back and push through this year I, I, uh, in January of, of 2019. And I'm glad that I did because it, it's exceptional. And if you have any interest in this game, I think you, you're doing yourself a disservice by not playing it. I think it will shape shape this genre a lot for you. Highly recommended. It's definitely on my list. I just haven't gotten around to it. I don't think I've even bought it yet. I've been waiting for sales. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's not going anywhere. It'll uh, they did uh, release a game of the year edition because it does have some DLC, mainly just a boss boss rush arena, not based on trophies, but well worth playing as well, if nothing else for the the story elements. Now, I know the first one had a trophy shop. Does the second one have a trophy shop too? Yeah, so this this one is the one with the trophy shop. Yep, that's right. But the way the trophy shop works is you still need to play through the game three times before you can access the shop. Now, that that sounds intimidating, but really all it is is two playthroughs and then a very short playthrough. And the second playthrough is not going to be as long as the first playthrough. So it's not as intimidating as it sounds that that number of playthroughs uh, or whatever else. And you, you see that it's hard to explain because the ending is tied up with why that, that sort of is, but it, it's uh, and for anyone that's played it, the ending uh, very ingenious, <laughs> I think and amazing. I'm sure you'd agree, but you can buy the, the grindy trophies. Yes. With save and reload and stuff like that. So, I mean, the game can be done in as little as 15 to 20 hours. I think if you rush through it, I, I'd recommend maybe 30, but if you, if you want to do the whole platinum and some of the trophies are very monotonous, with weapon kills and things like that you're probably looking at about 80 hours uh let's see so my next game is uh 11 11 memories retold this is a world war one 
game. I'm not big on kind of Call of Duty or stuff, but I do like there is this kind of subsection, you know, the subcategory of war games that are more about the narrative and less about the combat. Like uh, uh, Ubisoft did one, Valiant Hearts, you know, where it's about that specific person and how the war is affecting them. And then there's also this war of mine, which I have not played, but I think falls into this kind of category of how war affects just kind of the, the people in it, as opposed to, you know, here's a bad guy, let's fight them. What I really liked about 1111, first of all, the art style is gorgeous. It takes you a little bit, I think, to get used to it because it's a it's a like a moving almost watercolor painting so everything is is a little blurry and sometimes my eyes were just kind of like um wait a minute but you know you get used to it but what i really really liked about this one is there's no there's no sides you're playing as someone in the who's canadian soldier and then you're playing as a german soldier and they're both good people and they both have you know, specific things that they're trying to, to get through. And it's the this unlikely friendship that forges between them. And um, there really is no bad guy. It really is showing you just because this is my enemy does not mean that these are bad people. I really, really liked this one. And I think I think we talked about this, that there are just so many trophies in this game. There's like 50 trophies in this game that it can distract you from the story just because you're trying to to keep track of everything. Um, which is unfortunate, but I I do still think it's it's very worth looking into. Mm, that is a fantastic game. I'd forgotten about that as well. Mm. Yeah, very distinctive art style, and and enough variation in the endings to make it worthwhile. I thought too. Most of the endings, some of the endings were were samey enough that I was like, why do I have to do this again? But there are some decent ending variations. So my number two listeners, so the, my number one and two, I think are very a very specific on whether you would like this style of game, I think, but you know, it's, it's my list. So it's okay. And my number two, this was a really, really tough decision, but I'm going to go with control for number two. I think this game from remedy, it's just, again, it's not for everybody. It's just wonderful to see something different. And I don't think even with death stranding, I don't think there was anything as different as this. I think, while Death Stranding has a lot of merit, it's very long to hold the narrative and everything together. I think it suffers from problems we've talked about in open world games before, and it has other issues as well. Control works so well because it's not long. You can do it in 12 to 15 hours. You can maintain some sort of narrative thread, although, you know, it's so convoluted at times, and you can you can be immersed in it because it is a shorter experience. I don't think it would work if it was a 30 or 40-hour experience. I think it works perfectly at its at its length if you haven't played one of these games before i would actually probably suggest going if you can if you if you have access to a pc or or the xbox going and playing quantum break i've been playing that myself over the last week as well and i can see now how control came about i can see how they got there and i'm sure if i played alan wake i would i would get an even deeper understanding but but it's exceptional if you want to play it on the level of a shooter it works fine if you want to engage with it it works fine it's just there's really no more you can say about that game that has some massive flaws obviously including the map which is a disgrace a two-dimensional map in a three-dimensional vertical game is is that's no there's no no excuse for that at all and that that's something that should have probably been fixed but uh, you know maybe they can't fix it at this point it does have some dlc coming in the into the future which will extend the stories as well so if you if you can deal with the map 
or whatever else and you can deal with it after a few hours you can you can let it go or whatever it's an exceptional it's an exceptional game and it's still it's still bearing secrets mindy i love games like that that the community just finds random things in it i think i think that's a mark of, of something special definitely on my list definitely on my list again it's gonna be it's gonna be a hard year. I keep adding good stuff to the backlog, and uh, I'm not clearing the backlog at the rate that I'm putting stuff yes. on it. <laughs> it's a zero sum game at this point. <laughs> yes. yes. Well, it's a first world problem, I'm told. <laughs> and then my last game, you probably know what what I'm gonna say now. Mindy's favorite game. No, no. Not oh, favorite. sorry. Oh, sorry. No, because you're not ranking it. Remember, mine mine That's was not right. ranked. I don't. I don't know. Well, I'm thinking it's going to be, I think it's going to be in the point and click genre, perhaps. Ish. Oh, ish. ish. I don't know then. What is it? What is it? What's the last game that I really heaped praise on this year? Oh, this is tough. Well, you've already, let me, I've been marking your list as we go. You've done Edith. You've done The Council. You've done Assassins, Last War, Forgotten Man. Done Trubabrook. You've done 1111 Memories Retold. Hmm. It's not a Metroidvania, is it? It is not. Okay. That's all right. Because I just I don't listen when you talk about those things. So <laughs> I just blank out completely. I don't know. Oberdin. Oh, if, oh, it's a new one. Of course. Of course. I won't go too much into it because I, I've talked about it like three times now. And uh, I don't have anything new to say about it. It's not for everyone, but I think everyone should try it. Yes. Yes. I think I blocked that out too because I really want to play it. So I didn't, I didn't want to hear about it, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. And you only did that. I mean, that's only a recent release, but that was in the last few weeks. That's right. Right. Well, I mean, it, it came out last year on PC, which is when I played it. And then it just, it got released in October of this year on, on consoles. See, I, that was a bit, listen, that was a bit unfair because I got misdirected there. I was thinking, okay, so we've had all these, it's not really <laughs> point and click, but it's ish. It's got to be something from the German horse genre. Bauer? Or the thing. But no, that's nope. right. It was a, it was a massive nope. misdirection. So it was a shame you didn't really give that that category any love. But you are the expert, and if you if you felt nothing deserved it there this year, I, I understand. Uh, <laughs> I understand that. So number one game for me, and look, this won't be the number one game for anyone else that hasn't played it already. Uh, the, the base game, because you, you'll never get to this point, which is a is a massive shame. But this is a game that should have got a lot more love this year. You know, in a, in a reasonably strong year. I mean, it got a lot of love from the players, just not from from the media establishments. And that was, of course, Shadowbringers of Final Fantasy XIV expansion. I knew you were going to say it. I knew that was your number one. Yeah, it has to be. I, I like. I didn't want to put it there, and then I thought, no, it really does have to be because I mean, this is a game that's been out for a long time. You know, it's a game that you know had technically finished after Storm uh, Stormblood, and then you know it came, it's come back. You know, with more, and there's it's it's this expansion has basically led the way to at least another two expansions. They've gone on to say, and it's just it's staggering that the story can be maintained. And for someone that hasn't played it, you might just think, oh, it's just an MMO. You just run around and you do you know little fetch questy things. But there is a grand overarching story here these cutscenes are massive they're voiced most of them as well and it's highly political and it's it's drama filled it's tragic it's it's just amazing and i think i think the one fatal flaw is unfortunately you, you can't play this unless you've put 300 400 hours into the game to get to this point and i understand you can buy skips to get to this point but but part of the reason you know when i finished this game and the and then you know, obviously I'm not going to go to but you, you you're walking away with, with the party you're with at the time and 
it means so much because you remember how it started. And there is there is enough variation in this game that it is still your story, even though you're being funneled into, you know, an overall main story quest. There are many different styles of character you can choose and you can change your characters as you go too. You know, you by picking up the different soul stones, you can become different things. So it is very much a personal a personal story and what i liked about this expansion is there was some real difficulty in it some of the dungeons like they weren't like before where the where you could just be pushed through and that that may change over time as the leveling and you know in, increases if, the, if that does happen if they push the level cap again but as it stands at the moment you won't beat this expansion if you don't understand how the game works and you won't understand how the game works unless you've played the earlier parts and i think that's that's real credit to them they're not pandering to a new player they're pandering to an existing base which you know being a subscription game i suppose that that's not necessarily a a, a massive leap or a surprise but there, there were many stages particularly in the end game where i couldn't figure out how to the strategy to to beat it or, or my role to exactly play and it's the first time i've had to look up videos and read strategy and you know i've said before i'm in a, in a free company i've had to ask advice and help because it just wasn't a matter of just you know just basically you know pushing through and, and standing there and smashing away and hoping to get through and i think i think that's 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 a great thing in a game that's been around so long great sign for for things to come so without a doubt breaking it down a, a 40 i'd say a 40 hour story multiple new dungeons tons of new side content on the side as well and it's one of the great things is having played this game well after launch is there's still people playing but this has really invigorated the, the player pool and there's just so many people in the game now which is you know it's fantastic to see and i'm sure it will live long into the future and hopefully take down world of warcraft uh, as it does <laughs> but look i've sung enough of its praise mindy it's no doubt in my mind it's the the best thing that i've played this year it's a good list it's very solid not bad i'm very happy i didn't have to rank mine because i have you know i i I think my list is pretty solid, but I also have no idea how it, how I would rank it. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah. It yeah, it is difficult. So it I'm is. I'm just happy with pulling it out sequentially and not not actually listing best to tenth best. Well, the the ironic thing is, I made a copy of your list because most of that I want to play. So <laughs> that might be my list for next year because <laughs> I think there are there are many games on there that I'll play. But look, you know, the listeners have got this far, and they're like, "Yeah, well, look, that's all well and good. I know about all these games." But what I came here for, Mindy, was the spam games of the year. Spam of the year. Now you, you can't you can't just say one game because there there's just so many great spam titles. I'm sure you'd agree. There are, there's like genuinely good spam and then there's just quick spam. So are we going to say spam of the year is like actually good games? We're going to say, or spam of the year is just like super low effort, very quick or both. Both. I think, I think, you know, if we know it's only short, we could, we could maybe say it's short, but if you, but well, maybe if you think it's a game of quality, you could say it's high class spam, I suppose. High class spam. Would you like to throw some out? Sure. I mean, high class spam is generally most of the artifacts Monday game fall under spam with guide. So various mm, levels mm. of of quality there. But I'll throw out just in terms of sheer quickness of the list and lack of effort, not quality spam. Uh, I'll throw out your King Drift, which is that Middle Eastern driving game that takes six or seven minutes. <laughs> but in terms of quality. Spam that's quality and actually good, um, I will throw out Sagebrush, which is that cult. It's one of those cult games that came out around the same time where you're exploring a um, an abandoned cult compound and you have to kind of figure out what happened. 
Yeah, that was a good one. That one I enjoyed. That mm. yeah. kind of dark, well, very dark in spots as well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Well, you know, in that vein, it's amazing. This game we were talking about before we started recording this is that this game actually came out this year. But the the drowning, I think we we could classify that as as spam with substance. That was a it was an impressive look. Impressive look. Yeah. At that depression. and that was early this year, right? That was. Yes, early very, January. Yeah, yeah. There's been so much spam, it's hard to keep track, I think. But it was it was <laughs> this year. It's all six stacks of it, surprisingly, too. But look, you know, I think there's been many quick ones. I mean, we, we could not go past Super Weekend mode, which perhaps is the quickest of the spam, uh, the, the spam of the year. That can be done, I've seen, in like two to three minutes if you're so inclined. If you're skilled. Yes, well, you know, if you're not skilled, it can be done in five minutes. That that shows you the sort of game it is. So, it, yes, it, I, I did it. I did it in fifteen. <laughs> I am not good at that game. Yeah, but once you've done it six times, you'll be down there. Don't worry. Deep Space Rush, of course, very very quick. Him, no, that was a little bit strange. That was sort of dependent, I think, wasn't it, on a bit of luck, as well. Right, because it's it's a randomly generated worlds. So him, no, is is. Mostly spam, but sometimes you can just get a bad roll of dice. Yeah, yeah, there's nothing you can you can do about that. I'm going to throw out Refunct. I don't know if you played this, Mindy, the little platformer. Did I? This sounds familiar. You may not have. This was a lovely little game. Again, you know, I suppose it's sort of, we'll call it a higher class spam. It's not hugely easy, but they're not too difficult. It did have a speed run in it as well. You know, so maybe an hour once you once you figured it out. And it's one of those games where a guy doesn't really help you just memorize it or whatever else. But like, a, it, was, it was quite a nice, it had a lovely little message to it at the end. But I think, I think for me, Mindy, I've played a lot of spam this year. Spammed out, some would say, over spammed. But I would have to say Hoggy 2. Because there are not too many spam games that have touched me in the way that Hoggy did. It was exceptional. It's a cute little game. I'll definitely stack it at some point. I liked it. And then, of course, you know, it would be remiss of us not to have a spam VN or two because, you know, people people enjoy that. So I think maybe the easiest, quickest spam VN we can go with, uh, the house in Fata Morgana. In English, let's say, the, the, the quickest and easiest in English. Yes, yes. And I know there are people out there going, well, no, there are some that are even quicker and easier. I'm sure there are. That is the, the lovely nature of the VM. But that, that, that was quite good. Also not bad to read. And then I don't know, if you're, if you're looking for a reading VN, Mindy, is there anything off the top of your head there, reading VNs? Um, oh, gosh. What was that one that came out? the um death mark your death mark yeah yeah fantastic and also mm. i'm gonna put i mean this is spam i suppose in some ways this is the easiest vn mindy because it had no choices at all was the a winter's daydream uh that came out across uh, all, all the systems in various stacks and uh, i believe that was the the one where you just needed to spam x if you like or turbo control it just to move through there were no choices at all but actually had quite a nice story about the the grandmother coming back as the the young girl mm-hmm. yeah it was lovely so I can't believe you know I can't believe we forgot until just now. Uh, Nekopara three came out this year. Yes, that one is literally you hit you hit the skip button and you wait for the trophies to unlock. Yes, there are no choices. No, that's right. The hundred percent Nekopara series. There's a few. What are we up to three now? So, but I think only three came out this year. Yeah, yeah. So, so whatever your position is on trophy valuations, I think you'd have to agree it's been a wonderful year for us spam hunters. And you know, if there's if if you've been disappointed, we'll just know that there are others out there that have been very happy, and and we're looking forward to another year of of high intensity spam. Because Mindy, I have a feeling, if anything, it's going to accelerate. <laughs> Depends on what Radalika decides to do, and sometimes you and this new person who has come on with Euro Heroes, 
that that's that's right the market is the market is expanding so if there's if there's no other spam games you want to throw out there shall we actually i do one more one i want to throw out is uh my big sister that one's that one's quality spam i think i think that's actually a good game and again it is worth saying that yes all the rattalika platinums are almost all of them are really really easy that doesn't mean the games are bad you know and i've said this before there are a couple of those games that i've i've kept playing past earning the platinum because I had fun with them. So complain about Rattalika lists all you want, but that doesn't mean the games are bad. I cannot stress that enough. And because people tend to forget this, I cannot stress enough that Rattalika does not make any of these games. They are a porting house. So to also call them shovelware is because I've seen some people throw around recently is wrong and does a disservice to people who actually make these games and, 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 you know, put their heart into making these games. Yeah, that's well, that's well said. Excellent. Excellent. So why don't we move across for the final time this year to the Push to Plat Platinum Club, Mindy. So this seems to have been kind of successful. It's grown. People are posting. So I think, you know, I think we'll continue with it. So by all means, just because we're taking a little break, keep posting your Platinums and we will cover them in the in the new year. But for for this week, we have Mr. Zador VP, number 444, Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered. And he, uh, he's not fond of this, Mindy. He said it's a bit of a buggy mess, but, you know, that's what it is. I, You know, 3, three had some big problems on PS3. There was one really big trophy that sometimes just wouldn't pop. And it was for for filling out like an information book, basically, and it took a long time. I don't know if they fixed that on PS4. I honestly don't know if I'm even going to play the remaster because I just I was not a huge fan of Assassin's Creed 3. Well, it sounds sounds like it might have issues still. I don't know. Number 445, Assassin's Creed 3 Liberation remastered. So he's he's on an Assassin's Creed 3 kick at the moment, which is is wonderful to see. You might as well. Liberation, I, I will stand up for it. You know, it was it was that one that was on the Vita first and it had a lot of touchscreen controls that didn't work. And then they ported it to PS3, I want to say, and took all the touchscreen nonsense out. You know, I, I think if they had given it more time to cook, uh, I think it could have been really, really good. As it is, it's just okay. So that's his 444 and 445. The Scottish noob has been back and busy all five minutes of his time this week on number 324 and 325, Hero Hero, and number 326, the new word maze game by Paugi, which we didn't talk about today, but that's actually, it's it's quite a, a fun idea. I quite like that. Dino Raw, he's, he's dumped a lot on us here, Mindy, so prepare yourself. A mark of respect to you. He starts off with 795, Bibi and Tina at the horse farm. The EU stack. He moves on to number 796, Oliver's Adventure in the Fairyland. It goes on to say, of course, easy with God mode. Would not have played it otherwise. I hate platformers with a passion. Oh, I agree. I agree with you, sir. Number 797, Art Pulse, a cool paint clone that was even easier. So we didn't didn't mention this this week in spam, but if you're interested, listeners, this is only available on the US store. It's about $12 US, I believe. It's only for VR at this stage, and it's about an eight or nine minute platinum in the same style as Cool Paint, if you're familiar with that one. Number 798, Hero Hero. That's, that's great. It's getting some love. Uh, fun, but I wish they'd make you work for the platinum nowadays. Well, you know, so I, I don't really know if you do believe that, having a look at the other things you've posted here, but well, we'll go with that. Number 799, Steinsgate, My Darling Embrace. And then number 800, Mindy, he's made it a milestone with Steinsgate, the PS3. It's a classic. 
So I'm, I'm not sure. I'm sure on that. I wonder if it's a classic mini because there's like 18 stacks of that game. So I don't know. I mean, it's not. It's not bad. It really isn't. It's Ninth Gate. No, I know. Well, that's good. I, I, do you think he read it? I don't know. Possibly. I. I. I think. Mm. I think uh, he probably are probably already knows it. I don't know why, because these are all interconnected. I don't know why you would do Steins Gate, my darling, and my darling's embrace without doing Steins Gate Classic. But because there's like 600 stacks of this game, he's probably already read it, and then you know just kind of text skipped for this one. Fair enough. I think I'll take the fifth on that one, Dino Raw, and uh, leave my opinion to myself. So congratulations, sir, on number 800. That is fantastic. You're approaching the thousand. I think you'll be there within the new year in 2020, which is is wonderful to to see. So, look, Mindy, I think we've come to the end of the year. I think we have. Yeah, it's a weird it's feeling knowing that uh, I'm not going to be recording anything next week. I know it's a it's a lovely feeling, isn't it? You have a week off. <laughs> you could you could rest. <laughs> Finally, you don't have to play something for the show. I think it's a, it's wonderful. You know, jokes aside, the listeners do have a a wonderful holiday break. Mindy, is there anything else you'd like to say to close us out? No, just have have a happy holiday. Whatever you're whatever you're celebrating, uh, drink responsibly, and just. You know, take some time, enjoy it, and uh, play some good games. That's that's solid advice. Well, most of it, except about the drinking. So until next... Hey, I said responsibly. <laughs> you can drink as much as you want as long as you're not driving. That's the responsible part. Yes, I noticed there was a bit of a silence in there, so that's, that, that's acceptable, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so look, listeners, we will be back in the new year. We will be available as we are now on all good podcast providers. If you've if you've said hello to us, if you've reached out over this year, I want to thank you very, very much. Sometimes when you do this, it can be difficult to know who is who is listening and who isn't listening. But it's always lovely to hear hear the people that are as we as we continue to grow, which is is very encouraging. If you if you do want to reach out and say hello to us, we are available on Twitter at push two plat, push the number two plat, or you can email us at push two plat at gmail we do have a discord that will be in the show notes please feel free to drop in and say hi if you want and mindy if the if the listener is looking for you where can they find you yeah well first off i want to drop uh because we haven't actually explicitly said this in a while if you do decide to contact if there's a guest you want us to try to get on the show or a topic you think would be interesting definitely let us know we have on the discord we have a channel for suggestions for that but if you don't want to join the discord but you do want to say, hey, I think you should get this person on, definitely contact us on the uh, Twitter or email as well. We are, we are open to suggestions. But if you want to just contact me, I'm on Twitter at the mind is a city. Uh, I also have a coffee page, ko-fi.com slash the mind is a city. And don't be backwards at being forwards. If you want to nominate yourself as a guest, by all means do. And we'll, uh, we'll, we'll take it from there. But look, until next year, thank you so much. Have a fantastic holiday, however you choose to spend it. I hope you find some great quality time for gaming in amongst it at all. And we look forward to we look forward to resuming this conversation with you next year. Thank you, Mindy. Bye.